Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Pass is to Thomas. He's gone. Touchdown, Saints. He's got a bunch of room and some blockers. Hurdling a blocker at the 25. Inside the 50. What a run by Kamara, who's all the way in for a touchdown. Wow. Reese, quick throw. Sanders got there. Football fans and hoodats all over the world, get ready for an episode of Believe in Saints on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Hendricks. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Saints. I'm John Hendricks alongside Terrence Copper. Terrence, I hope you had a good New Year's and that things are starting off great this year. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. New Year's was great. Uh I brought it in sleep. <laughs> I was knocked <laughs> out when the New Year came in. But so far, everything's been going good. You know, can't complain at all. How about yourself? Yeah, it's been busy, you know, because my I think I might have touched on it last episode, but my son's birthday is the 31st. So we went and do a big thing for it and then celebrated that night. And we were all kind of just struggling to get to midnight, but we did. And then we all <laughs> crashed out and stuff. So it was a, it was good, man. Thanks for asking. I appreciate that. So, man, look, um, <clears throat> so here we are. It's it's week 18, which is weird kind of saying that, you know, I was actually watching a, a video uh, the NFL put out about the wild week 18 from 1993, which had all that crazy playoff positioning and games and stuff like that. But, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's nuts to think that after everything the Saints have dealt with this year, and I think that's been the talking point and we've talked on it plenty on the show, but now you're in a position where you beat Atlanta you can get into the postseason, assuming the Rams in their five-game losing streak against the, the 49ers, and they have something to play for. But, man, <clears throat> to be in this position and when they lost the five straight games or just all the kicker carousel woes, losing Jameis Winston, I mean, all of this stuff. I mean, have you ever seen anything like this out of a football team? I've never heard of anything like this. And, and honestly, if I did, it was a terrible team. <laughs> you know, it – if, if a team went through what the Saints have went through, they would not be in a position to make the playoffs. You know, they would not be in that position. You know, so this is my first time hearing anything like this, uh, seeing a team go through something like this and still come out of it with high hopes during this part, so during this part of the year. Because usually a team that go through that much stuff, this time of the year, they're really starting to shut it down and getting ready for the offseason. You know, so – uh, for the Saints to be in this position, it's just amazing to me. And look, we've talked about it plenty on this show. Just if, if this team can get to the dance, if they can just get there, I think that they might actually surprise some people. And I've said it plenty of times. This, I think if they continue to play how they've been defensively, this is a team that, you know, nobody wants to to play. And I think they can get some key pieces back. But, you know, look, again, you, you before we get too wrapped up into talking about that and pie in the sky, I mean, obviously the reality is they were in a must-win situation against the Panthers, and things didn't start off the greatest. You know, um, you had Panthers take a 10-3 lead, but after that, you know, offensively you, you didn't get touchdowns, but you got field goals out of it. And then, you know, look, they, they settled in defensively and made the adjustments. You lost some players like P.J. Williams along the way. But for all intents and purposes, you limited what Sam Darnold could do against you. And just again, powered by their defense, they really shut shut the door on Carolina, didn't they? Oh, yeah, they definitely did, Uh, especially 
only giving up 178 total yards. Uh, again, not allowing a 100-yard rusher. 3.0 yards of play. I'm just looking at certain all these things. Two turnovers. Defensively, like I said, after that first, the first uh, touchdown and field goal they made, you know, defense played lights out. Uh, they had seven sacks. You know, they, they just played lights out. And and the way they played against the, the Carolina Panthers, they can do this every – even though the Carolina Panthers are the Carolina Panthers. But their defense has shown that they can do this week in and week out. And that is what – I feel like that is why going into the playoffs, they can really scare a lot of teams if they can get in because of their defense. And you look at the last – such the last few Super Bowls, you know – the Super Bowl has been won off of their defense. Defensively, you think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that won last year. They didn't win because offensively they were just so prolific. It's because defensively they shut the Kansas City Chiefs down. So defenses travel, especially when it comes to the playoffs and when it comes to the Super Bowl, that type of those type of games. If you have a stout defense, you know, there's no telling what can happen. We're back in better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. I think, you know, again, you look at, peel it back the layers, right? They had seven sacks. Cam Jordan, three and a half sacks. I mean, it was just incredible. And, And Cam Jordan's hitting his stride like, something fierce right now at the right time and so again you talk a lot about you want to be playing your best ball at this point at the end of the season when you're you know be an ascending team you don't want to limp into the playoffs you don't want to have that happen but again you're getting production there you know you were without Marcus Williams PJ Williams comes in and he's done a good job all season but he gets hurt and then you have to have Jeff Heath a veteran guy I mean again (laughs) I don't want to say this team is just snake bitten (laughs) But my goodness, you know, you, you always talk about the quality of depth and all these different things and stuff. But, you know, for them to keep basically just pick up from where it left off. And uh, again, defensively is, is is really something to see. You didn't have Mark Ingram in this game. You didn't have your starting tackles again. But look, the offense found a way. I think Taysom Hill, you know, again, it didn't set the world on fire. 17 to 28 for 222 yards. They finally got a touchdown. First one since the Jets game at the end, and that was a fluke, right? Um, what were some mm-hmm. of the takeaways offensively? I think offensively, when I think offensively, I think of play calling. Uh, for them to call uh, 28 pass plays, 28 run plays, you know, that's almost perfect. You know, that is how – and that's how we always been talking about how we have to play this game. You know, the, the run game, the offense, they had really had to complement each other. And to call a a game where you're actually going 50% run, 50% pass, like you can't get any more balanced than that. Uh, and and when we're talking about injuries and and just throughout the whole year, my hat got to go off to the coaching staff again because what happens is when guys are getting injured, the coaching staff has confidence in the next guy that's up. And that is how the next guy that comes up to play for the guys that's injured 
that's why they have confidence because the coaches have confidence in them, you know, and they're stepping up and they're making plays when plays need to be made. Has it been a perfect season? Uh, no, it hasn't. But for the most part, with all the injuries we've dealt with, you know, guys have really stepped up. It's a next man mentality. We say it all the time, next man up. And the Saints really had to live by that this year. Yeah, and I like the fact that they got Alvin Kamara more involved in the passing game, and I think that was a key for him because, you know, he got shut down uh, in the ground game. I mean, 13 carries for 32 yards, and when you look at that, 30 of those came on one carry, you know, in the second half. And mm-hmm. I do like the fact that they stuck with the run. You know, don't abandon yeah. the run. They still found some success. Taysom Hill had some good runs on him too. <clears throat> and then Marquez Callaway, you know, he's really been coming on lately. I mean, targeted 10 times, six catches for 97 yards. Kamara five yep. catches for 68 yards and a score. And so, you know, again, you look at the performance and, and again, you look at peeling back, was Hill perfect? No, I think there was a couple of plays he wants to have back. I think maybe it was miscommunication between him and Callaway on one play that almost led to a Panthers pick. You know, you, you don't get any easier than that. And he just couldn't come up with it. And then there was one where he's under duress. He could have hit Juwan Johnson across the middle. It looked like, and you know, if he just had a little bit more time, but you know, overall, I think offensively, Again, you see the formula. You don't have to get a thousand points on it. You just need to get some field goals. And Brett and Marhar, man, we just don't talk a lot about him, <laughs> you know, yep. figuring out these kicking woes and, and such. But man, yep. he's been clutch for him, especially. But, you know, again, when you have an offense that's struggling like this, there has been struggling. You know, again, is it one of those, man, you, of course you want the touchdown, but are you kind of happy at least to get the three points? Or are you just saying, like, man, I, we got lots to work out and, you know, obviously end result is touchdowns. I think, of course, you always want the seven points. You always want to score uh, the touchdowns. But when you have a defense that can play the way the Saints defense can play, as long as you put points up on the board, whether it's three points, ideally you want seven points, but as long as you're putting points up on the board and you're not turning the ball over and you're just relying on your defense to just hold tight, you know, that's how we got to play it this year. That's how the Saints have to play it. And I don't think offensively, if they didn't have guys that was multidimensional, and when I say multidimensional, I'm talking about guys that can do some of everything. You take a guy like Kamara, uh, he's an amazing running back, but he's just as good as a pass catcher. When he's when he's a pass catcher running routes, he's just as good. Same thing with Taysom Hill. Yet he's at the quarterback position. He has to throw the ball to make plays. But guess what? He can use his legs as well. So we have two guys on that team that can do multiple things that if you're shutting the run game down, guess what? We can still throw it to Kamara out of the backfield. We can still line him up in the slot or line him up outside and still throw him the ball and still be productive. He still can be productive. Same thing with Taysom Hill. If you're shutting our pass game down, maybe you're you're confusing him a little bit when it comes to your coverages or we're not protecting him long enough because we have injuries at the tackle position, you know, he can still scramble. He can run the ball. We can call run plays for him. If you don't have those two guys that are that talented and multidimensional that can do different things, this offense is not as good as it it would be if you just had a Jameis Winston back there that's really not a runner, or if you had another running back back there that really can't catch the ball out of the backfield. The offense wouldn't do the things it's doing now. So I think is you have to have those type of players when you're dealing in this, this this type of situation. Absolutely. And, man, you, you brought up Jameis Winston. I'm glad you did because I don't know if you've seen some of these rehab videos that he's putting out. 
Are you surprised somebody who's barely three months removed from injury and surgery is, is moving around that well? For, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you've ever tear, torn your ACL, but anybody that's torn your ACL or had, you know, that, that bad of an injury, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to see him move the way he's moving, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's one other guy that I feel like when he tore his ACL, like it was really hard to tell that he's really towards ACL. And that was a guy named Eric Berry. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you remember Eric Berry played for oh, the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs, uh, the safety. Yep. To me, he was bionic, man. Like he he tore his ACL. When he tore it, it was like you didn't you couldn't tell he tore it. The next once he had surgery, he was walking on it. I'm like, yo, what what in the world? <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm not surprised that he's recovering that quickly. Uh but I mean, like I said, it is a pleasant surprise. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we talked about it last week uh, about, you know, you asked the question about what they'll do at the future quarterback. Again, the Russell Wilson talk continues to heat up. You know, that's something we got to look at. And I don't think it's uh, would be uncommon or shocking to see him bring Jameis back. But, you know, just something to think about. But obviously, it's cool to see him recover. And you talk about the Saints offensively. I mean, they're still going to need to get some some weaponry weaponry at wide receiver. There's a lot of things that you're going to have to deal with, but you know, again, it was good to see them again, start to, to distance themselves and, and figure some things out offensively, you know, guys like little Jordan Humphrey or Deontay Harris, just catching their targets and moving the sticks and just being able to, to put them in a position where they can succeed offensively is huge. And so now you got the Falcons, you know who they mm-hmm. are, right. And you remember the week yep. nine matchup, Falcons got on them early. I think they were up, what, 24 to six. Saints rally. They come back. They can't close it out defensively. But, you know, again, what do you remember from that game? And and what's, what is something that may be going into this? Because, you know, it's in Atlanta. You know, what's at stake mm-hmm. here? You have to win. What's something that concerns you about this team? You know, I think we win this game. I think we win it. Um, like I said, at that point in time, we wasn't playing well at home. Uh, we wasn't playing well at home, but I, th- I think we played better on the road. And and the reason why I, say I think we win this game, because last game we played when we played Atlanta, um, what is his name? He's play, He plays wide receiver for the Falcons, but he also can play running back. He can play Cordero return. Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson kind of went off on us. Oh, yeah. You know, Six he, for 126, I think. Yeah, it's nuts. Yes. You know, he went off on us. What is the chances of that happening again? I don't think that the chance of that happening again is going to be very high, you know? So, and am I saying that the Falcons don't have any weapons at all, period? No, I'm not saying that, but I feel like now where the saints are at, uh, cause we've been in playoff mode for the last few weeks, you know, trying to win games. Cause if, we, if we're dropping games then you know, we probably wouldn't be in this position now. So the saints has been in playoff mode for the last few weeks. And I think where they're at right now, the confidence is up. They understand what's at hand if they would just take care, take care of business with Atlanta, you know, and I think maybe the 49ers have to lose or something like that. But everything they want is right in front of them. And with all the adversity they've been through, I think we go down to Atlanta and we take care of business. I don't think I, I don't think offensively Atlanta can do what they did last time. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, Matt Ryan was looked like Joe Montana. I think that was my biggest takeaway. It was what missing yeah. passes 23 or 30. 343, two touchdowns, uh, six yep. of those and uh, passes of 126 yards to Cordero Patterson. Zacchaeus was the one that caught the touchdowns. Kyle Pitts was kind of still figuring things out. And look, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, the challenge, right? 
you know the usual suspects. It's Matt Ryan. Maybe this is his last game as a Falcon. You don't know for sure, but, you know, again, mm-hmm. they're kind of playing with his house money and all this other stuff. They can't have a, a chance to make the playoffs. They're obviously eliminated. Saints have to win this game. Atlanta would really like to, you know, ruin this season for the, the Saints, if you will. <clears throat> and you also have to worry about, you know, the Rams beating the 49ers, which is, again, the Rams have to – if they win, and they'll take the NFC West – so they obviously have something to play for. And then secondly, that would mean that if New Orleans would win, we'd be going to Los Angeles to play the wild card round for next weekend. So a lot at stake here. I think a lot of this hinges up on getting Atlanta, uh, getting on them early. I think you got to control Matt Ryan, you know, because again, you look at him every single time. They know the Saints pass rush is, is, is lethal. And so they want to make sure that they get the ball out of Ryan's hands really quickly. Run-wise, they're not going to have a lot of run success. I mean, it's just nobody can really run on the Saints. You know, I mean, it, the only time it was really exposed was against the Eagles in that game. But uh, yep. I think there's a quick, easy formula here. Um, you know, it's just a matter of execution, and you kind of hit on it. You can't let Patterson do what he did the last time. And I think this is one of those where you might see more Saints fans in the stands than Falcons fans. That wouldn't be surprising. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think the onus is on the Saints, but I, I'm with you. I feel confident about them coming into this game, knowing it's a playoff-like atmosphere, you know, and, and being able to deliver. And, and, again, let me back up, too, and I ask you this. When you talk about – when you hear players say, well, this is a playoff-like atmosphere, I know it sounds cliche, but, you know, what does that mean when the player says that? What are they saying, you know, in essence? The intensity is higher. Uh, the intensity is higher. Um, there's more at stake. So your mindset is different. And don't get me wrong, you go in every game with the with the mindset you want to win. Uh, and every game is going to be a tough game. But it's just something about the playoffs when it's win or go home. That type of mindset is just different. You think about think about life, period. Think about when you have when you have a situation going on in your life and it's, you know, listen, we don't have no choice but to get it done. Or, or deadlines that you got to meet and, and you got to really meet those deadlines. It's a different type of, it's a different type of focus that you have, you know, and it's the same thing when it comes to playoffs, either you win or you go home. It's a different type of focus that you go in with. It's a different type of intensity that you're going in with, you know? So when they say it's a playoffs atmosphere, yes, the fans are different. The atmosphere is different, but it's the intensity of, of that game. Uh, that's what makes the playoff experience a little different because the intensity of it and just the emotions behind it is, is totally different than a regular season game. But I tell you what, though, John, you hit something on the head when you said um, the Saints have to jump out on them early. That To me, that is the biggest thing they have to do, regardless of, of the stats, the run game, the pass game. They have to jump out on this team early. And the reason why they have to jump out on them early, I'm going to put you in the mindset of a – of an NFL player that is not making the playoffs. When it gets to this point of the season, now, and we know we're not going to the playoffs, it's the last game of the season, and a player head, his mindset is, okay, let me just get out of this game healthy. That is the mindset. Getting out of this game healthy, it's the last game of the season. Uh, We don't have any chances of making the playoffs, so let me just get out of this game healthy and not get injured so I don't have to spend my entire offseason doing rehab and I can go on vacation. We can go ahead and do what we're going to do. That is the mindset of a player that is on a team that has no hopes of making the playoffs the last game of the season. 
just getting out of this game healthy. So if we jump out on the Falcons early, they will start to fold. I promise you. Do you think it's more of a, a and when you say get out on early too, and I agree, you know, what does that look like? Do you need to be up 10 points by halftime? Do you need to be up 14 at halftime? Do you need to be just kind of, let's say your first two drives, you have touchdowns. Is that the type of thing you talk about or is it something different? That as well, point wise, and also just imposing your will on this team. Uh, we're going to run the ball. That's that's a given. If we can impose our will on this team and really start running this ball, they're going to shut down. Physically, they're going to shut down. But also, when it comes, if you're scoring points with this, if you if you go up, you up ten points, fourteen points at halftime. Especially if you up fourteen points at halftime, mentally and emotionally, they're going to start to shut down because of what the score looks like. And physically, you can shut them down by just running the ball down their throat because at the end of the day, they're not playing for anything. Of course, they're going to play for their pride because they are professional athletes. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, they're trying to get out of this game healthy. Yeah, no doubt. And look, I think one of the things to think about, too, is is this is obviously Taysom Hill show. Right. And last Mm -hmm. time they faced each other, it was Trevor Simeon. Hill came in for a little bit. He only ran the ball one time for four yards in that game. And, you know, you think back to 2020, uh, that regular season, Hill was the starter. I mean, that guy ran wild. I think he had like a 43-yarder. He had ran for 85 yards or something like that. I mean, this is one of those things where, I, again, you talk about mobile quarterback. Hill, you know what you got in him. Would you be more surprised if he doesn't take off as much and tries to stay in the pocket? Or do you think it's just, hey, I see something after – I don't see it after a couple of seconds. I'm taking off and running and hoping they, they stop me seven, eight yards down the field or whatever the case may be. I think, I think he's going to do exactly what he sees. And you kind of you kind of talked about it right then. If it's not there, I think he's going to tuck it and run. At this point in time, it doesn't matter how we get it done. We just got to win this game. You know, if if it calls for Taysom to have 10 carries, then that's what's going to happen. Trust me, that coaching staff, they don't care how we get it done now. It's not about it's not about pretty points. It's not about the glamour of, of certain things. It's about just winning the game by all means necessary because this is what Coach Payton wanted to get to. Just get a shot to get into it. Just get into the dance. And so this is the perfect opportunity. Just win this game and let everything else take care of itself. So they're not really worrying about style points right now. Uh, They're just trying to win the game and by any means necessary. If that's Like I said, if if Taysom got to run for 10, 15 carries, then that's what's going to happen. You know, we just got to get to the playoffs. Yeah. And again, I feel like this is a team not not discrediting the Rams, but, you know, Matt Stafford, I think, has been up and down a little bit. And, and you know, again, they have a lot to play for. They're playing at home. And, and the thing is, reality is, you know, one or two things are happening. They're either going to play the Rams, uh, the Rams, that is, they're either going to play the 49ers a second straight time with wild card weekend, or they're going to potentially play the Saints. I think that's pretty much how it's going to pan out for them. But, you know, um, I, I feel good about the Saints coming in and doing things in the playoffs. I get it. Again, we've talked about it. I, I know people are high up on the Packers, rightfully so. Dallas has kind of had some struggles. L.A.'s looked a little bit beatable. <clears throat> I think the Eagles are kind of a sleeper team, but they also have some question marks there. And you look at, you know, the other teams, Arizona's kind of had an identity crisis. I mean, again, you get into the dance, and we we talked about it a long time ago when this this team was skidding. 
that I was trying to draw parallels to the New York Giants uh, from years ago when they just weren't doing so well. They just got in as a wild card. They ended up running the table and getting to the Super Bowl. And, you know, again, I'm not saying that's this team, but at the same time, if you can extend your season, get into the playoffs, get some of these other key pieces back, which like Ryan Ramchek or Toron Armstead, that certainly helps your chances out of, of potentially doing something in the playoffs. But again, it won't matter if they don't win and then if LA doesn't win. So how confident are you feeling about that scenario playing out? I think that if, if, if you had to choose a scenario, if you had to choose a scenario, if we win the exact same scenario, we have to choose what's, what's going on, what teams you have to play and what teams you need to, to win or what teams you need to lose. I would love to have the Saints matched up against the Falcons. What other team would you want them to be matched up with the last game of the season that they have to win besides the Jaguars? Yeah. You know, so this situation is the perfect situation for the Saints when it comes. Of course, you still got to go out there and play and you got to do everything you have to do to win the game. But I'd rather be playing a Falcons team the last game of the season to get in than to be playing a Packers team to be able to get in, you know, and then if you look on the other side of it, the Rams and the 49 the 49ers are, yeah, they're a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they're having quarterback issues over there right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know what, who's going to play quarterback, you know, so I'm, I'm putting my eggs on the Rams beating the 49ers, you know, so, and, and then when you, you made a good point about, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen when you get to the playoffs, every team that's going to make the playoffs, has been going through different things throughout the season. This season has been so shaky when it comes to what team is, has been solid the entire year, what team has been lacking certain places. Every team that's, ma- that's making the playoffs has went through a dry spell in their season, sort to say, that they won't plan well, you know, and they drop some game. Every team but the Packers. Every team but the Packers. But every other team, they went, they've been going through their woes. Yep, absolutely. And again, it's important for the Rams to win, just the simple fact that they were trying to to fend off Tampa and fend off, you know, because Tampa could potentially jump them if they lose this game. And again, what's at stake? Arizona can potentially take the division from them. And so, again, they have plenty to play for. You know, mm-hmm. I think some people are on the you know, misconception that, well, the Rams don't have anything to play for because Green Bay locked up the the, the top seed. But that's definitely not true because, I mean, again, in the same breath, you know, if something happens, somebody goes into Lambeau and upsets, you know, Green Bay, then suddenly you're hosting a, another playoff game or host the NFC championship game or something along that lines uh, at your own stadium. So, look, I, I'm with you. I think the way this plays out, obviously you, you definitely want to be playing Atlanta. You know, the only other situation that would have probably happened was Carolina. But, you know, look, this is how the chips fall. I think the Saints team comes out. I don't know if they're going to get out to a huge thing of dominance, but I think they will pull away. So I think the first couple of quarters are going to go back and forth a little bit. I think the Saints will still have the edge, but I think that third quarter is where they start to pull away a little bit. You know, they Mm -hmm. get an extra touchdown or two, and they've got a a stranglehold on it, and then they could settle in defensively and really just force, you know, I mean, you're you're playing pretty much, uh, you know, a, a scheme now where you're, anticipating Matt Ryan throwing on every pass, right? So I think that's yep. the best course of action for them. And I think that they're going to win this game. I don't know how many points it's really going to take. I would say probably more like a, a 26 to 20, maybe 26 to 18 type victory is, is what they'll end up coming out with. How about you? 
I have 2410 Saints. Oof, I like it. I like it. You hold Atlanta <laughs> to 10 points. I'm happy to see that. I just feel like they might get something late, maybe make it interesting, but let's hope not. But, you know, look, uh, I mean, regardless of what happens, um, you know, I will just say that, you know, we're both on the Saints train. And again, we've, we've pretty much been on it and told you all year that uh, how well this team is coached and just the mindset and mentality. And look, again, I'll, I'll say this before we kind of wrap up, but, you know, it's not going to happen that Sean Payton gets talked about for the coach of the year, but he should. You know what I mean? Yeah. Considering how much adversity that they've they've taken in and just the fact that if he can get his team into the postseason, I mean, most people talk about Matt LaFleur and all these other guys that are put together records. But, I mean, there's something special to appreciate what Sean Payton's been able to do this season. Yes, it's very much so. And, and then the biggest thing for me that I take away, of course, everything they've been through and the fact that Coach Payton has gotten his team to this point of the season after all that burst they've been through, I look at how well he's prepared his assistant coaches because when Coach Payton couldn't he couldn't coach the game because he was out in the protocol, man, that mm. team still rallied around the coaching staff that was there, and it was like nothing dropped off. Everything kept running rolling, and they played one of their best games, especially defensively, when Coach Payton wasn't there. You know, so that just goes to the testament of not how much he prepares his teams, but also how much he prepares his coaches because even when he's not there – they're still prepared enough under his toolage that they can still take the reins and keep running running with it. Yep. Agreed. So we both like the Saints, which means next week we presumably be talking about the playoffs. If if everything yep. works out how it should, and I believe mm-hmm. it will. But, you know, if not, for some reason, we'll be here debriefing and talking about the whole regular season, which, again, uh, no matter how this goes, I still think it's a pretty good success because if it doesn't work out, I know it's it's – a tough feeling it's like chewing on cardboard if you do everything you're supposed to and it falls short but you know again I don't think these guys have any doubt that they've left anything out on the field after what happens but you know man I just I just want to see them get in a dance and even if they do get blown out by some reason in the wild card I still think the season's a success yeah definitely Uh, like I said but you want to get to the playoffs though you want to get there yeah means a lot for these players means a lot for this team and the city is everything they battled. Well, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. As always, give us a like, a follow, a Believe in Saints. Give our podcast some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, we thank you for tuning in. And hopefully next week we get to talk at you with some good news. Again, thanks, Bet Online, for producing today's show. Y'all have a good one, guys. Thanks. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.